Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Talking Fit podcast, and today we have on a friend of the Talking Fit and a man that has been through an incredible fat loss journey. It's Simon Lee Davis. Simon, do you want to say hello? Hello. Um, so Simon is someone we wanted to bring on mainly because we talk about the process and buying into fat loss and being patient, and I think he really epitomizes that. Um, how much total weight have you lost, Simon? Just under 13 stone. So what were you at your heaviest? Um, just over 31 stone. So at 31 stone, he brought in, which I'll put up and I'll attach, he brought in his old clothes, which is a great little uh, prop to bring in. And Rogan had them on at one stage, and it does. It, it really kind of embellishes this story a little bit and just shows, actually, because I didn't meet Simon. So Simon's my client, but unfortunately, I wasn't the one who was present when he went from 31 stone down to 18. Um, so he's going to talk you through a little bit of what the journey's like more than anything else. Um, I wanted to take it from his side because me and Rogan talk about it over and over again. But Rogan can a little bit more. He was a bit bigger as a child, but we can't empathize as much as we would like to. So I wanted to bring him on, on to put shit into perspective. Um, I suppose, Simon, do you want to give us a little bit of background? Where did it all start? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So obviously, being honest, um, I've probably been larger for the majority of my life. Um, so in school, I was I was a bit bigger, but I wasn't sort of um, huge. But obviously, as I went through high school, um, I started to gain weight. Being honest, and hopefully she doesn't fucking listen to this, but my mother is probably a bit of a feeder. My grandmother, fucking hell. She was um, a larger lady and absolutely a feeder. So I'm not blaming anyone because that's that's just it's just the environment that I was brought up in. I was looked after. I was an only child. You know, um, I wasn't. I suppose I was spoiled in a little in a little bit of a way, but it wasn't anything dramatic. But it was just probably what we ate. We ate out quite a bit, and you know, over time, um, that obviously has an impact. But at that stage, it wasn't something that was really in my mind. I didn't really get sort of. Um, I'd had a few, uh, probably had a few comments from individuals at points um, in school and things. And there's one guy in particular that I remember, and um, just just a fucking nasty piece of work. And he's not a nasty person, but just some of the comments made, I'll never forget that. And there are certain individuals that. Um, that sadly you will hold that in regard for the rest of my life. So you you don't forget certain things um, and certain people. But anyway, um, so my weight sort of um, increased. Then I started work um, at British Gas, um, which environment, call centre environment, really difficult, seated majority of the day. The culture of eating isn't brilliant and... Um, you know, so slowly sort of put on weight. Um, 2011 was, I was probably at the peak um, where I was at sort of 31 stone mark. Um, there's a couple of pictures that I've got at that point in time where, you know, it's, it's difficult to believe because I didn't, the, the key thing, I didn't believe that I was that size. I was thinking about this this morning in the shower. It's, it's really weird because a lot of people say, oh, you know, 
you've lost all this weight, you must feel amazing. Sadly, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> you you compare yourself, or I compare myself, to when I was at my my lightest weight, which is 17 stone 7, and I'm sat at the moment at 18 stone 10. So um, you, you don't think about things like that. Um, so... But, but what prompted it all? I got to about 31 stone. Um, part of that was when I met my, my wife, Louise, um, we um, we sort of moved in together. She had a house already in um, in Splot, which is around the corner from lots of takeaways, which are conveniently placed. And um, <laughs> um, they say you can't out-train a bad diet. I didn't go to the gym at the time, but we were in, engaging in other activities you know, in a new relationship, but we were probably having um, four or five takeaways a week, which it adds up, and we both sort of ballooned, probably after a year or so together, you know, I probably put on about six or seven stone in a short period. It's, it's like, um, when you when you met your wife, because it's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting story, mainly because both of them have embarked on the journey around about the same time. Probably, so what happened, um, Louise probably started to lose weight before me, so she joined Slimming World, um, and she over time um, lost five or six stone, I think it was, which, so that was part of, it showed me as possible, so she was probably my initial sort of inspiration in, in terms of the journey. Um couple of things stuck in my head about when I started thinking about this triggers because everyone says oh you know what was it what? oh actually one thing I wanted to bring you yeah. back to so one thing that really stuck out to me when you start talking about that and it's something that we always think about and um, the effect that other people can have on us you spoke about comments and people yeah so there's like two three comments that just stuck in your head from childhood forward yeah is it the environment that you were in when you when the words were said to you is it just the the words that were used, what really made those particular moments stick in your head? Because it, like, it must be something that, like everyone remembers something from their childhood that is just so vivid and something that they carry through their entire adult life. So there's, there's two people I'm thinking of, and I'm not going to name them, because no, it no. wouldn't be right, um, but um, the one person just on numerous occasions made comments about my weight, and it wasn't necessarily particularly vicious things, but it was the I don't know whether it was the intent behind it or, or maybe he didn't even realise what he was doing but it just really just affected me mm. I just felt it was really or I just don't think he fully understood the impact and how sensitive I was about my weight because even when I was at my biggest you don't I didn't feel as big as I was. When I yeah. look back at some of the pictures, I'm sort of mortified to the size that I was, but you don't feel it. It's hard to explain. It's a really strange, there's certain um, times when you notice it. Um, and obviously, you know, you know, you see yourself in the mirror, but you don't look at your body in the mirror. You, it's, 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 a, it's like a psychological thing. You just it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, no, I understand. And like, I think with the co- like with the comment thing, the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because yeah. you you said he probably didn't recognize the damage he was doing. I think that's like just in society in general, it's such a huge thing. Yeah. We make remarks flippantly 
rarely actually recognizing how much damage words can do. Like it's something you said you carry through your entire adult life. On yeah. just particular moments in childhood, yet we still throw around shit flippantly. So yeah. like you'll make, you'll make comments on people in passing, not really understanding some of the damage that you do with that yeah. shit. Um, there's, there's one guy, so he worked for me in British Gas, and um, we went out one night, and I can't remember exactly what he said to me, but I stayed at his house, and he he was just so... He made a comment and, and basically called me fat, and he used that word, and it was so horrible... But he just had no concept. I, I, I don't understand what was going through his head and, and why he would be like that. But I saw the guy a couple of months ago working on the tills in Tesco. And I genuinely wanted to go up to him because he wouldn't have recognised me. But again, you, you don't forget things like that. But if, you know... If I saw him out, I'd probably fucking smash his fucking face in because, and I know that sounds extreme, but honestly, the 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 hurt that that caused you you can't you can't put into words really. Do you know what I mean? People and that's people it's, don't comprehend the damage they do with words. No, and it is like I mean, it's just a thing we do now. So it's like it's. His, people can hide behind it now on Facebook and stuff like that. They don't even have to say it to people's faces anymore. But just saying yeah. horrible shit to people, whatever it is. Um, unnecessary hurtful things and just yeah. and they get to walk away from it I think that's the worst thing about it they get to walk away from whatever damage they've done while the person sits there and suffers so like how long ago was that? Um, oh Christ probably 10 years so 10 years still harbouring it it's, yeah it's hard right so if so you've been through you've been through the weight game um I think it's so interesting when you start saying like that you actually don't like out of sight out of mind is that mental is that mental mentality is that mentality where you look in the mirror and you see yourself but you don't look I think that's yeah. like it, not that it's, it's just an interesting concept and I know like you hear it from a lot of people a lot of people say they just won't look at themselves in the mirror but I think it's really interesting that you say you'll 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 see yourself but you won't look yeah um what drew you to the point then where you decided right I'm fucking losing weight now I'm losing weight. I've had enough. So, um, two, there's a couple of things. Um, I was a relatively new dad, um, and um, my son Sammy was at the stage where he was getting quite sort of active, and I felt this, there's a video that I've got on my phone from Christmas Day where, um, you know, I've been setting up like a train set on the floor, and you could just see... Just that I was struggling mobility-wise, I just... It's, it's really hard. Um, mobility-wise, I just couldn't do what I wanted to do. And you're like lying on the floor and you just think, it's, it's fucking, you know, the basic things are hard. So, so that's one part. There's a couple of occasions where um, I went to see... Um, so I've suffered with debilitating headaches for... I, I suffered for about um, 10 years. So I went to a doctor... And um, went into the surgery, and this guy, he was a young um, doctor. He was obviously, like, I'd imagine he'd just qualified. And um, 
I sort of sat down and I'd gone to see him about this this headache, and he sort of said to me, he said, "Well, you know, you're morbidly obese. Um, have you thought about weight loss surgery?" And it literally it hit me like a fucking like a train. Um, it you know I'd gone there to talk about a headache. There was no fluffing it up. He just literally um, he just fucking went straight in, and um, and then he started to talk about. Um, the, the process of like surgery and saying that there's certain um, criteria and things you know you need to lose X amount of weight but you could be sort of eligible and it just you know I come out of that the, the conversation didn't really go a, a huge amount further I was just sort of stunned by it um, but I come out of the surgery I just sat in the car and just I just cried um, and I've never felt so alone and helpless it's like you just feel worthless and I'm wondering right it's only because it's come up recently in my family where someone had to go in with knee issues yeah and he was he was fueling um, so he was having knee problems he was overweight yeah the doctor was quite blunt yeah so He's like, what do I need to do on my knee? And he was basically, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know exactly what he was like, you know what you need to do? And pointed at his belly. So he's carrying too much weight in his knee. So like to get surgery, he needs to lose weight first. Did you see that? Does it get to a stage with someone when they're overweight where someone just has to go, you know what? And I know this sounds terrible from coming from a PT because I would never say so. Yeah, you're yeah. too fat, pal. You're too, <laughs> you're, you're too heavy. You need to, so like you're coming into me, like coming into me with bad knees, coming into me with headaches. Can we concentrate on the visible thing that we can see here? Was it the bluntness of it that really made you think, not to make you, not that it made you cry, but like, is it the bluntness of it that really hit home? And did you need that? I don't know. And, and it's really difficult because I've, I've deliberated over this for probably a, a long, long time. It was probably something that in the long run, it's been a motivator. Mm. So I've been able to look back and say, I'd love to go in and meet this fucker again. <laughs> and say, hi, mate, I didn't have fucking surgery. I've done it. But the, the, the issue that I've got with it, it's not honesty is fine. But there are ways, I think, to have an honest conversation. Yeah, okay. People will have different views on it. People will say, tough love, fucking say it as it is. This guy, he was quite arrogant with it, and the fact he was quite young, it, it just, there was a bit of, um, there were a number of factors in it, but you can argue that, um, you know, that it maybe certainly had an impact, but at the time, it really, it upset me, and it didn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily um, a positive factor yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. but... Okay. It, it's probably a number of things, but more, you know, the, the, the headaches. Um, and then I went back to another doctor um, a number of weeks later with the same issues. And they sort of said to me, look, um, in a much more um, balanced way, she said, look, we think it could be intracranial hypertension, which is excess fluid around the brain. And she said, basically, that's caused with people that gain weight rapidly. So she said it's heavily seen in pregnant women. Mm -hmm. 
So she was very honest about that and she said, look, you know, that's something you need to consider. So I go home, Google it, and then I'm fucking crying again because you think, fuck, I'm going to go blind and fucking, you know, it's like... Go home and Google it. Yeah, it's the worst fucking thing to do. But, you know, those things coupled together with with various other bits meant that, um, you know, I sort of felt, right, I need to... I need to try doing something. Um, And just basic things like I'd go for a walk... I'd walk a mile and I'd struggle, you know, I'd have back pain, I'd be out of breath, and you think, you know, fucking hell, it's like, that's that's not right. But the problem is, at that point in time, I had no um, real belief or understanding of what I needed to do, so I did various different things. So I did Slimming World, I lost probably about three stone on Slimming World. Then you go back to doing what you were doing before, you start to put a little bit of weight back on, and then I started doing different things, and I ended up joining the gym. Um, so I joined UFIT um, in Cardiff, which was really good for me, actually. Um, really good environment, nice people, um, and really enjoyed doing the boot camps, although it was fucking hard work. Um, and I'd go with a couple of the guys from work, um, and... I started to enjoy it, and then over time, I lost sort of three or four stone, probably over like a year and a half mm-hmm. in in new fit, doing various different bets, doing some um, some bag work in the garage, and just being a bit more cautious about what I ate. Um, and obviously, having Louise that had been through Slimming World, she had a night more of an idea of the concept of the nutrition part of things. Mm-hmm. So my my eating was better but nowhere near perfect okay um so that's that's with the general weight loss yeah um what were the so i guess like the question i want to ask what were the real struggles so when like was the initial part hard so this is where like i get yeah. you, you get confl- obviously it's a very individualized but you get conflicting views from different people obviously based on their individual experience but what you'll get from what i always seem to hear is that some people find the initial bit of weight loss easy some people find the initial 10 pounds to be the the thing they can't conquer so you hear from a lot of people if i lost the first 10 pounds i keep going they probably never lose those 10 pounds because of that attitude but what parts of the initial when you got from because you were working with ryan evans at the time weren't you yeah when you got from that 31 or whenever you started with him at yeah. to see your lightest at 17 7 yeah. what were the real struggles so first part was making the leap and, and actually messaging Ryan in the first place. Okay. So, so looking going, for help. Yeah. So going from a place that I was doing bits on my own, um, it was just a chance conversation in work with a friend that said, or one of the guys who was an acquaintance at the time was no good friend, mm-hmm. um, who said, "Oh, I'm doing this weight training plan," and he was, you know, he was eating um, sort of it was like veg, chicken and veg you know fucking old school and um, he just said you know I'm loving it the programme's really good this is a guy's name it's really working for me I'm seeing big differences in my body and this guy's you know he's, he's really slight but he was toning up mm. and he gave me the details and you know I've still got a message on my phone now to, yeah, to this day and, yeah and cool. um, just wrote to Ryan and said look I need some help I think I was about 26 stone 
um, 26 stone 7 I think at the time and just was honest and said look I'm looking for some help what can you do and, and he came back um, straight away he said look absolutely it can help you what's interesting I don't know I shared a story on social media the other day of some fucking cunt in up north who basically refused this lady who was about the same weight as me about 26 stone to go to his boot camps and it just, it was quite interesting because that really, it, we were in the same situation and if Ryan had come back and said, sorry, I can't help you, lose fucking five stone your own and then give me a shout. I think, I remember I remember you sharing that, right? And it was funny, I looked at it and I thought, his wording <laughs> was awful. Yeah. Like, there's a way to speak to Absolutely, people. Absolutely, yeah. But, right, and I tried to I tried to message underneath it, but for some reason won't let me in the SOS group. I think fucking Sam might have kicked me out or something. <laughs> but, should he have accepted her if she was not capable of that training? Not necessarily. However, as a personal trainer, surely there's a duty of care someone that's coming to you in a vulnerable position to say, look, this boot camp might not be the best thing for you. However, there's X, Y, and Z that I can do to help, or uh, I'm not the best person to help you, speak but to. speak to this person, and they will absolutely help get you in a place where you'd be more than welcome. Yeah. But this he fucking did band he didn't did go down that route. He decided to... Um, you know, it's just it's just wrong. But anyway, I thought I'd mention that because it was a very similar scenario, and I was lucky that you know Ryan was absolutely he was, he was amazing, and literally within two weeks I was started. So the first session, he took me. Um, he basically said, "Right, I'm not going to take you to the normal gym I train people in, which you know is like a little bit." Well, Where was it again? Um, so no, so he wouldn't take me to Dave's initially. So we started training in the gym in Admiral in Brunel House. Okay. No one fucking there. Mm. Small gym, and I remember being sat down first session. You know, didn't know what to expect, and um, he said, "Look, what what is your goal? What what do you want?" Um, and I said, "Look, at the time I was managing." Um, relationships with different outsource sites, call centres um, in Belfast and Glasgow, so I was flying every week and um, one of the big factors for me was that when I was getting on the flight, I was that big, I needed a belt extension and, and literally my initial goal when I sat there with Ryan was I want to be able to get in the plane without the belt extension um, and that was it. So he said, look, absolutely you know we can work through this and we did a workout and I remember doing like the end of the workout um was on the step machine it was like right we're going to do excellent steps today and then we're going to bring it down and he was he was amazing about being able to sort of manage my expectation a little bit and and just know what was right for me at that time but I remember I had a leg session with him a couple of weeks in and I fucking I couldn't walk down the fucking stairs like I was literally it was in pieces but it was, we had just built a relationship. Um, so the, the hardest thing for me was the belief because it's, it's like a vicious circle the way I see it. When you start, you don't have any concept of what is possible because you don't, you just don't understand. So you, you lack belief. But if you don't believe and you don't trust the process, that's a massive barrier and that becomes a problem. So it's like you have to, in trust and believe that what someone's telling you, if you listen to it and do it, that they will deliver. And that's a hard, that's the hardest part for me. And that's why 
my belief is you have to find the right person. You have to be able to connect with um, the person you're training with, you know, in terms of a trainer. Like, I've got that connection, I, I think, with you, yeah. hopefully. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, but, you know, because I think that relationships are, for me, everything in life. That's what everything is. The foundation is built on relationships. And if you get it right you can deliver anything you get it wrong and it can totally fuck your progress and it could stop you going back and that's the the reality i, I started with ryan and quite quickly you know we, we moved into dave's gym started working there and i really enjoyed that doing strongman stuff and found something i loved that it, it was amazing and i was obsessed in pulling my but but again but that that's important so I wrote a few things down this morning. I think the environment that, that we're in at the gym, at home and at work is really important. And, and you know, some people are luckier than others in terms of they yeah. get the opportunity to set the environment they're in. Some people are not as lucky because of the nature of the job. Like call centre-based, it's hard. Everyone brings in fucking cake. Like Louise was talking about a lady yesterday that brought in a massive bag of sweets and she's fucking dishing them out, you know. And this, it is hard, this constant temptation, but ultimately it's all about choices and that's what you learn. Um, you just have to make the, the choices. But but at home, you know, the, the environment, you've got the option, you can choose what you do um, and what food you have in the house, what food you eat um, and in the gym, the environment is important from my perspective that you're training in a place that that you enjoy and you love and, and that I've come to really love coming here, love the coaches, love some of the people, obviously you look at SG. Cat and Mark. Shout out. Fucking, yeah, because I was fucking threatened this morning. Yeah, fucking, Shout if you don't say anything, fucking, <laughs> I'm going to cut your throat. But, um, but yeah, so I think the environment's really important. You, you have to enjoy what you do, otherwise you won't come back. It is, like, it's massive. I think people always assume they have to be in a gym to lose weight. I think Simon explains it so well when he talks about when it being 31 stone, it was like, I'm going to go walking. And that's, I mean, it is, you've got to, I know it sounds... Sounds a bit basic. Start where you are. So his first protocol was not to start bench pressing. His first protocol was to move. And he's talking about enjoying what you do. So after he had, he had gone back and forth with weight, but the continual thing throughout that process was he loved training. So the vast majority of people who lose weight and actually maintain it continue to do the activity that made them lose weight in the first place. Yeah. So like enjoying what you're doing. If you hate weightlifting, I've seen a million people walk off weight. A million people, it happens all the time. If you don't like weightlifting, most of you will if you give it a chance. But if you really don't, there is other ways. So, so to add some context to that, um, I was obviously training, all my training with Ryan was, the majority of it was, um, was gym based. Mm -hmm. Obviously part of that was doing cardio effectively, it wasn't packaged up them as steps, but it was like, yeah. you know, it was like you need to fucking do X, Y, or Z before the session and a bit after. Mm. Um, but then after I'd lost a lot of the weight, I sort of started to get a bit bored when, because obviously, you know, being transparent, being with a personal trainer for long term is, is expensive. Um, so I had to make a decision at one point where, where I step away and start to crack on on my own. 
And at that point, then when I moved <coughs> away from training with Ryan, I just got a bit bored with um, with weightlifting. But uh, but luckily, I started enjoying running. So I was doing park run. Literally did park run every week for probably like a year. Um, you know, and I went on to so I went from when I started um, the first time. I sort of ran, I say ran loosely, run St. Melons. <laughs> My 5K time was about 45 minutes, and I ended up doing a sub 25 minute park run, which, you know, for me, like I couldn't do that now, fucking nowhere near. But with, it's like anything with practice, if you turn up a park run every week, your time will fly down. But I found something I love the running community were amazing. And again, it's the environment what you go back for is not oh the the feeling of doing that five k run it was fucking amazing because I love the fucking you know I love running it wasn't that but it was the people that are supporting you as you go around it was the community that you're part of it was going for a coffee after the run it's you know it's doing the half marathon and then meeting up with people for a beer and a bite to eat after it's it's that community is so important um, and that's what keeps you going back because you enjoy it and you enjoy the time you're spending with people so that was a big factor so I wanted to say you know yes the, I think weight training is really important for, for weight loss but you know at points people might fall out of love with it but there's lots of other stuff out there it's 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 it. <sighs> It's so important what he just the point he made there. Like I, I, I'm not going to teach anyone to run. It's not my passion, but you do not have to be. People always say, "Oh, I'll start losing weight when I go to the gym." No, it's 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 the wrong starting point. You're missing the forest for the trees. But after that, I guess so. You had lost all that weight with Ryan. You began running by yourself. Um, lost a little bit of love with the weight training. Yeah. One thing we, we harp on about here is the actual difficulty with maintenance. Um, so you got to a weight you were happy yeah. with. What happened? So I probably maintained for about a year and a half. Which, which is more than most. Which, <laughs> which is more than most. Man. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, I kept in touch with Ryan. He was like, you know, it's really good to see him. He used to use me as a bit of a case study because he'd post on social media and say, you know, what Ryan tries to do is to create um, knowledge. So he would coach you and help you understand the way things work in terms of your body, the mechanics and, and nutrition and try and set you up to be able to go off into the big bad world and manage yourself. Sadly, <laughs> for me, um, and, and like you said, a lot of people, I missed that accountability and it gets to a stage where you become comfortable and complacent. So um, I was at a stage where I could shop. So when I was a lot larger, there were two shops in Cardiff I could use. High and Mighty, which isn't there anymore. So lucky I've lost weight. And Slater's, yeah. That was it. So I've got a lot of fucking trainers because that's the one thing as a bigger guy that... Um, that you can hear. <laughs> <laughs> like so, so that's one thing that, you know, it's... Um, I think that that can easily happen is you get complacent you get to a stage where you lose sight or you don't have a particular goal in mind and you're quite comfortable and the problem is when you're comfortable there is a real risk and um i hope she won't mind me saying this but zoe um Iles made a comment to my wife a couple of months ago when they were talking about weight loss because zoe's been on a journey herself 
she said something that really resonates with me. When you lose your weight, you don't lose your appetite. And that's a fucking really good point, and I'd never thought about it. But I could literally, I could rock up to McDonald's now. I could have two double cheeseburgers, fucking nine chicken nuggets, a large fries, and a McFlurry. No problem. But I can't fucking do that because it won't reflect particularly well on my weight. And and that so it's it's a psychological, it's a it's a massive for me that the biggest thing I've learned throughout this whole process is everything comes down to to where your head's at and um it's all it's it's really hard um to to put into words but you become obsessed you know I, I'm not afraid to say two weeks ago I've been through a phase like you know you know we talk about it all the time where I've sort of I've hit a bit of um not a wall I'm still training hard but my nutrition hasn't been quite where it needs to be you know I've just started a new job and you know two weeks ago sat in Costa with the wife having the coffee and just sort of had a little cry and um but that's the reality that's the fragile nature of what we're dealing with and it's for various reasons but one of the factors is that you do become slightly obsessed with things um you do there are just little things that can go backwards or not go quite right and they really impact you um, you know whether it's your weight, whether it's looking in the mirror, whether it's putting on that shirt or that dress, where you just think, "Fucking hell!" Like it's it's a little bit tighter than it was two weeks ago, and there is a real risk you can fall apart at that point. Um, and it's about trying to keep a sense of reality. And it's like I lost belief. So even though I've lost all of this weight, I got to a stage where I lost belief that I could do it again. Because I put back on, before I joined SOS, I put back on about three and a half stone. And even though I'd gone through that, you, your mental state is so fragile that you don't believe anymore. And that's, you know, it's, 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 it's a bit of a fucked up thing to say, but that's, it's so hard. That, that's the biggest thing for me is, um, and that's why it's important to be able to talk to people because, um, you know, mental health is a, is a big factor, you know, in in life nowadays. It's is huge, but the the mental part of I'd say part of transformation. Anything um, when I've done my triathlons, um, the the determination and the the heart and finding that there's like a place you've got to go that you've just got to be able to to overcome it um, because it, it would be easy to just give up yeah, yeah right. um, so I think um, that that's one of the things for me that I think is is really important is, is the fragile nature and being able to talk to people um, that care and look after you and I'm lucky I've got a, a lot of those people um, so yeah I think um Having the, the support is is a huge factor for me, building that support network, because again, you know, there are sacrifices. Um, you know, I went through a phase where I wouldn't go out. My friends um, would be going out for beers or for food, and 
And I'm not saying you have to do that because I'm I'm in a place now where I'm out. I haven't told you this. I'm going for days. I was already. You were already out of those. Yeah. <laughs> it, listen, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. So I'm only a few years tonight. Yeah, Dave's fault. Dave is a But um, but if you've got a goal in mind, um, you may have to make sacrifices, and that's the biggest thing I've learned in the last month. Is I've I've it's hit me that ultimately I need to make a fucking decision what's more important is it more important to be really flexible and some weeks that I just sort of at stages do what I sort of want to do in terms of eating or do I say right I've got a photo shoot in November I need to rein it in a bit because I enjoy what I eat even in good weeks so I've had two good weeks now um, nutritionally and I've not gone without anything. I've just managed things, been more organised, and I've had to tweak certain things and be more focused on um, on just my calories and just making sure that you don't pick the odd sort of snack here or there, you know. But um, I think that part is um, is massively important. You have to decide what is most important because um, there is a risk like I said you know when I was in Costa and a little little cry a couple of weeks ago ultimately at that point in time um, you know I realised that it's, it's on me you know what I mean ultimately the reason I'm in that place and the reason I've been a bit stagnant recently is done to me because I just haven't been as on it as I could have been and that's fine but it's it's a fragile sort of um, subject. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's, 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 I've never heard it put that way. And I think it's an amazing way to, to portray someone who has lost all the weight and is going through that maintenance phase, whether it be maintenance or that push to actually yeah, yeah. lose more weight. It's the fragility of it. It's something that needs to be worked on. I don't... It's something that has to be worked on every single day. People assume that when they get to that weight loss goal, that then they go back to normal life. And I think <laughs> Simon's story Fuck conveys you know. that it never, the problem is it never ends. And it's awful yeah. advice, but a lot of people will say, how do I maintain the weight loss? And I've heard one guru say before, I said, don't get fat in the first place. And it's awful advice for those of you that already have, but that's how serious it is that when you get to your new weight that you are happy with, that unfortunately the struggle never ends. It's like a recovering alcoholic. Unfortunately, it's something you have to work on every single day. And unfortunately, you don't have any more extrinsic motivation. You don't have people saying to you anymore, fuck, you've lost weight, because yeah. now you're just that guy yeah. or that girl. And, I think and that's, that's hard. It is because a big factor throughout my journey was social media. So when I started with Ryan, he said, right, get on Instagram. He fucking somehow, he got me 12,000 followers in like three weeks with all these dodgy fucking sites or whatever. Which <laughs> mind me saying that. But, um, and then all of a sudden it dropped off. But, you know, that, that was a big factor for me, sharing progress pictures, sharing training videos, all of those things. And the comments from people, because I'm quite externally referenced, so, and that, that comes to work as well. So when people tell me I'm doing a good job and people tell me I'm looking good, that is a massive motivator for yeah, me. Yeah. And I also use social media um, as a bit of a contract. So if I'd signed up to a triathlon, I'd tell everyone about it. And some people, 
you know, like that, some people think, oh, fucking Billy Big Bollocks off again. Mm-hmm. But for me, that was important because if I made that contract, it made it very difficult then to back out or, um, or to backtrack because you've told people, hundreds of people, I'm fucking doing this. This is when I'm doing it. You have to go through with it. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that was something that I sort of, in my own head, it was like, right, I'm going to put this out there now because I'll make me do it. Saying things is accountability. Saying things yeah. out loud is accountability. And it does work for a lot of people. I've used it with a few things. Some things I stuck to, some things I didn't. But almost throwing things out into the big bad world yeah. means that people will call you on it if you don't do it. Yeah. So it is a form of accountability instead of saying it to yourself. Which is, is actually another, I mean, you're making some amazing points. Um, to finish, or not to wrap it up, but what's next for you? What, like, so as takeout, obviously you've got a new job, yeah. you and your wife are still on this weight loss journey. Wait till you see that photo, I, I, if you're ever going to put it up, of you and her at a wedding, I think is where. Yeah, yeah. So what we'll do, so, so we've, got, we've got two photo shoots in November. So one at here at the SOS. And the other one with um, with AK, who um, used to be on the Valleys, who's a photographer. She does lots of fitness model shoots. Um, so we've got a photo shoot with AK, which I'm really excited about. And I think, um, you know, f- for me and Lou, that's a big factor. And that's something that has helped me get my ass into gear the last couple of weeks. Because I'm thinking I don't want to rock up at her house fucking, you know, looking like a bag of shit because the reality is she's yeah (laughs) (laughs) but because ultimately she's all of her shoots are with fitness models so um and they're all fucking ripped Mm. so um it's going to be a bit of a different shoot but that um where i want to get to is i want to get to my best shape in my adult life for that shoot so i've got six or seven weeks to do that um so so that's the next thing for me um, I've got I'm due to run Cardiff half next week but I've got a few issues in my knee at the moment so I'm a little bit nervous about that but we'll see how that goes but um, that is probably the next thing in sight and then we'll we'll both take stock from there because being honest you know for Leo the, the way she's um, um, she's training and she's nutritionally on it at the moment she's so focused and, and that's the sort of goal I think um, after that we probably need to take stock and just figure out what, what is next yeah like it's, that's a, it's a it's a huge aspect of anyone who trains for a specific event yeah. whether that be photo shoot whatever it may be a holiday is what then so like you hear so many you hear so many stories of people losing dramatic amounts of weight and then putting a lot of it back on due to the fact that then if there's a new goal and people don't understand that maintenance is so difficult and it's so important that although Simon and Louise have been through it I have no doubt when I sit down with her post photo shoot she will we can discuss a new goal and she will hit what targets she needs to whether whether that be to maintain or just it's it's new it's just shifting it's shifting the goalpost a little bit towards a new goal so maybe we'll think about performance with her afterwards it's like let's get her strong as fuck for 10 weeks and she doesn't have to worry so much but to finish up what to that person who's listening who hasn't started yet and can't see themselves getting there I guess what, we won't say three things, we'll say what do you think that person needs to take from this talk? What do you think they need to do? 
Okay, so first thing, you need the f- you need direction. So you need to find the trainer um, that you know you can relate to and you can build a relationship with. Ideally, comes recommended or someone you know that that has got success. Um, then you need the right environment. Um, so the environment for training, so the gym. Is really important. You need to be comfortable, and ideally, you know, you want people. I was talking to a guy this week on a training course, and he said, "Oh, I'm trying to lose weight." One of the guys on my new team, actually, a lovely guy, um, and he said, "I went to this gym, Triorki Way, or something along those lines," and he said, "Oh, it's full of meatheads, all in the mirror, fucking they're all wankers." So I stopped going. So that's that's why the environment's so important because you know you have to put you first, and the only way you're gonna go back is if you enjoy it. Um, then honesty, um, you've got to be honest with yourself, with your trainer, because that is a big factor, and a lot of people sadly are not. Um, and then you're just wasting your own time, you're wasting the time of your trainer. You have to fucking man up, or and 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 I say that loosely because obviously you know. It's not like man up in a way of mental health, obviously, you know, you get what I mean. You have to take accountability and you have to um, have that contract that you will have an open and honest relationship with your trainer. Because even if it's not going perfectly, it's not going well, at least you both know why and you can build a plan to get it right. Um Organisation, you have to be super organised with your food, with your training. You know, me and Lou now, we will sit down on a Sunday night, we'll book our training in for the following week. We've got a food planner on the fridge, so we've got our meals organised. You know, we've we've got two kids, one of our boys is, is autistic, so we've got plenty of challenges. We both work, but it can be done, so, you know, it's not impossible but you have to support each other as well. That's really important. You know, I talk about the people around you being critical um, and we're lucky, we're, we're a brilliant team and um, that's something that's really worked for us um, in in terms of the of just being able to support each other. Um, um, trying to think what else. And you, you, you have to have that why, you have to be very clear about why you're doing this. What is it that you want to achieve specifically? And you have to keep that in mind. And the reason I say that is because if you lose sight of that or you haven't got a goal, it's really easy to just go one day, oh, I'm going to have that caramel cake in Costa. And then it becomes a bit of a habit. If you're standing in that queue and you're looking at all the cakes and you see the person in front of you fucking nailing a nice Victoria sponge, having the caramel in Frappuccino, um, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm partial to a caramel frappuccino at times, but my point is that you need to have in your head, do you know what, I'm not going to do it because this is the impact and that's going to stop me from getting to my goal by this point. You just have to keep that in mind. But like I said, it's all about what's important. So there will be times when you look at it and go, well, I'm making... Um, I'm making a decision based on facts. I know I'm in control. So if I want to have that cake, I'll have the cake. But that's factored in, it's planned in, it's organised. But again, you know, I'm I'm talking, I suppose, of people that are in a position where they want to and need to um, to lose weight, really, um, as opposed to people who are 
sort of you know at the other end of the spectrum but I think that the point is that you just have to be accountable for your decisions and just be just keep that goal in mind because otherwise it's easy to lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing and you'll have those days where you think oh fuck this you know I'm going to blow it and then day turns into a week and a week turns into a month and all of a sudden you sat in Costa on a little cry so you know that that's that's the biggest thing for me um ultimately it's down to you everything is possible um I've gone from someone that couldn't walk a mile without being out of breath to doing Olympic distance triathlons so um you know it's all possible and it's not unachievable in any shape or form um you just have to trust the person that you you start working with in terms of a trainer just listen um and if you believe if you give it everything it will work if you start having a conversation you think oh, i can do this and then three weeks in you fall off the wagon and then you you sort of start lying to your trainer or making excuses up then it's probably not going to work and, and that's the bit for me you just have to be you have to throw yourself all in because what happens is a cycle once you throw yourself in you will lose weight you will look better you will feel better and when that happens you start looking in the mirror you see progress then you start to believe sadly at the start the belief you have to that's why you have to trust because you don't necessarily believe you have to trust the person you're buying into um give it everything and you'll see results right uh, like a brilliant episode i can't wait to get this one out but we'll wrap it up there so that's a thank you from me and a thank you from simon thank you um amazing episode please like and share this is the talking fit podcast